Hello and welcome back to the Scenario 7 podcast. My name is Sam and this week I'm not joined by the normal Josh and Joe. Both of them are busy, so I've brought in the University of Northampton's elite. We have brought in the first of all, let's introduce, he is the best thing to come out of Romania ever. It's Mr. Robert Constantine. Robert, how are you doing? Second podcast appearance. Second podcast. I'm happy to be here again. Thank you for inviting me. No I'm, I'm a great, I'm a super sub on this podcast. I'm happy. You really are. Super is uh, definitely the way to describe you. And second of all, we've got uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the neighbour um, of <laughs> the incredible household that is 37 St. Michael's Road. It's Kian Donahue. Kian, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, I'm great. That's that's great to hear. And we are here for a review of the United States Grand Prix. We are bringing you this on Tuesday because of the time of the race um, being so late and we didn't really have time to record later. So you're going to get it on Tuesday, but there's a two week break anyway. So you've got a lot of time to listen to it. First of all, lads, um, what are your general thoughts on how the race went? Can I, can I start? Go for it. All right. So uh, I'm, I'm very, very happy with how, not necessarily how the race turned out, because I'm, I'm obviously a Mercedes fanboy. Um, but the race itself was so, so good. Uh, stressful up until the end. You know, the, the last three laps, it all came down to that. And uh, I'm happy that finally, after so many years, we have such an entertaining uh, F1 season. I think it was a good race. Um, I think strategy-wise, Red Bull were on it. it. It was just, it was, it was entertaining, and you, you expect that from from the USA, obviously. Mm. Mm, yeah, Kim, what do you think of the race? Um, it was quite an interesting one. You know, we actually had action from the start to to the end. Surprisingly, you know, the strategy actually kept it, kept them quite in touch. You know. And, you know, like, I mean, like Robert said, you know, it's not really one for Mercedes fans, but, I mean, Red Bull will be happy. I mean, there's other teams that did well, others didn't. It's quite an interesting one, you know. It's shaping up to be a great end of the season. Yeah, no, it certainly is shaping up to be a good end of the season. Let's start on Saturday. And what are your takeouts from qualifying? What things really stood out for you? I think... You know, when you look at the, the, the practice times, um, I think Red Bull, I think they improved a lot. Um, I wasn't expecting Red Bull to be so fast in, in qualifying. And then Verstappen just had an, an amazing lap. Um, great lap from Hamilton as well to, to start second. Very unfortunate for Mercedes that Bottas was not there uh, to help. So obviously with the, the five... Um, five place grid drop that didn't help but qualifying it was fairly tame not not much happened to be honest it wasn't that shocking of a result but I thought it was all right mm, yeah what do you think here um, well I mean it, it was quite you know it's quite interesting I think yeah if McLaren could have kept them sort of paces from Q1 they might have had they might have been happy with it, but they just seem to drop away. Same with Ferrari as well. They were up there in Q1. Yeah, but, you know, at the end of the day, it was one of those results you expected. You got Hamilton and Verstappen on the front row of the grid. 
I mean, Bottas, you know, how many engine penalties are they going to give him? You know, that's kind of the reason why you, you, they didn't have him to help. Mm, yeah, no, completely. <clears throat> I I was a bit I was a bit gutted because of practice. Perez looked so good, and I I, I don't know why. I just thought he was going to get it get it on pole, and I I was really excited. I mean, third was really good. Third, I was very happy with for Perez, but there was a part of me that was slightly disappointed because some of the lap times he was putting in in practice, um, I thought he could have he could have stuck it on pole, but. Um, never mind. He had a good race in the end um, and a, a good quality. But yeah, let's um, let, let me quickly run through the um, the incidents in the race. No big uh, no big uh, DNFs because of collisions or stuff. It was just uh, we had three DNFs on lap fifteen. Gasly retired with a suspension failure. On lap forty two, Ocon retired with an issue with the back of the car. And on lap 51, the other Alpine retired uh, with a rear wing issue. Um, with a, So a terrible Sunday for Alpine with everything that could have gone wrong basically did go wrong. Um, I just want to pick up on something quickly before we go into a deep dive into each team. Um, it has to be one of the best trophy presentation of the year. Um, oh, Sha- 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 Shaq. Just, just Shaq in general. It was unreal. Shaquille O'Neal rocking up on a land yacht and then just presented the trophy, being the being taller than Lewis on the despite Lewis standing on the second step and he was just on the floor. That has to be the best presentation. He's taller than Max as well. Just yeah, he, he was he was similar similar size to Max. It was class. I mean, what what other trophy presentations come to mind this year? Because I mean, you've got Monaco, but other than that. That has to be the best, surely. That is the uh, the the effect of you know the USA again. You mm. you expect this from from America, and I'm not surprised. It it was quite entertaining, um, and as you said, we haven't had something like this uh, so far this season. And I think that's mainly because of COVID as well. We're just slowly getting back into the the normal you know, the normal uh, track walks, grid walks, and then the podium celebrations as well. So we're slowly easing back into the, the routine. But this was a really, really fun way to end a really good race. So, yeah. Mm, yeah, no, nah, it, it, it was definitely it was definitely good fun. Um, let's let's move on to our team, our tr- team break breakdown, starting with the battle between the two teams that, you, you guys have drivers you support from. So we're going to have a bit of... This will, this will be interesting. But yeah, let's talk about the Mercedes versus Red Bull battle, starting with uh, Hamilton and Verstappen and how that ended up. How, how would you uh, describe their battle this weekend? It was more of a battle of strategy than raw pace. Well, we had a really good start. Um, I'm talking as a Mercedes fanboy now. So really good start from Hamilton. Uh, I was genuinely expecting them to crash into turn one. It seemed like that would be inevitable, but somehow they managed to avoid each other, which was incredible. Verstappen went wide um, at the exit of turn one. So that helped. He he kind of learned from his past mistakes. You know, he, he decided to let Hamilton go and then, come back uh, you know, with the help of the strategy. Strategy-wise, I don't think any of the teams made any mistakes. 
it was a perfect strategy from Red Bull with the undercuts. And then Mercedes didn't really have any choice uh, since Bottas was so far back down the grid. They just wanted Hamilton to have as much space as possible towards the end, which he had. He just couldn't get there in time. He, he was so close to getting that DRS open on the last lap. But unfortunately, he, he didn't. Uh, great racing from Verstappen. No mistake from either driver. It, it was just brilliant from, from both of them. Mm, yeah, Kian, what is your uh, perspective on it as a Verstappen fan? Um, it, was, it was quite interesting to see the, uh, the contrast and the strategies. You know, obviously, it's usually Mercedes have the two drivers versus Max, but it was quite... It was nice to see the role reversal. So, you know, Hamilton was the one suffering on the end of the double-prong attack from Red Bull. And, you know, it was quite interesting when they put... Was it two sets of mediums that Checo used? Yeah. Mm, yeah. 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 I mean, I really thought that they were going to, like, mess that up for him at the end, but it just turns out that he did all right, too, you know? Mm, yeah, no, completely. Yeah, let's let's talk about the other two drivers as well, um, especially Valtteri Bottas, because... He's taken another engine penalty. This is getting ridiculous now. How many engine penalties is he gonna is he gonna need to take? Is he gonna need to take another one in uh, Abu Dhabi or somewhere like that? I mean, this is it's it's a bit mad that all his engines are kind of I don't know if they're breaking. Or, what 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 do you think is going on with Bottas and his engines? Well, there was one obvious. Um strategical engine swap a few a couple of races ago but mm-hmm. now it's just shocking yeah. it, it doesn't make any sense he just changed his uh ICE for no reason because he had a basically a brand new one hopefully they won't need to change anything else on that car until the end of the season because that would just be insane mm-hmm. but th- this is one of the things that I don't really like about you know the new F1 and how how many penalties you can get just by you know changing some bits on your car? That's just, that's just the, the the rules and regulations, and yeah, we we have to get used to that. Yeah, what do you make of it, Ken? And all the engine changes with Bottas. I mean, the thing is, right? It's always the internal combustion engine. So if there's an issue with the with what Valtteri's doing, or Mercedes have had a knock on the head and they must think they can donate to Lewis or something. Because I mean. There's no reason for him to have so many, surely. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, I, I, I there, there is, it, it, it must be an issue. It, it has to, it has to be something like that. But I, I really gonna... don't think, I really don't think there's any issue. Um, yeah. These cars are, are designed to take as much as they can, uh, and as a driver, you really don't get the chance to break anything on that car because. The, the computers in the car, they're just perfect. So I don't see how Bottas would have increased wear, uh, you know, compared to Hamilton when they're driving virtually the same car and at pretty much the same pace. It's, it's, it's strange. It doesn't make any sense to, to me, at least. And I don't think it's because Bottas wears down the engine quicker. It's just, I don't know. We'll have to ask a Mercedes engineer if you yeah. want to get the real answer. Yeah, it, it would be interesting if someone like Toto Wolf or, or someone uh, like an engineer came out and actually explained it because I think a lot of fans are in the dark and 
they're a bit confused about well, what is going on. But I, I know, let's let's give the spot uh, spotlight to Paris. I'm gonna I'm gonna waffle about him. He had a great weekend. He's had he he started really well for them, and then he went through a spell of really struggling to get race results. And that's two consecutive podiums in a row for him. He looks like he's finally getting to grips with the with the car. It, it's it's clear that that he's a second driver. I mean the reaction from Christian Horner who came down to give Max a hug and then as soon as he gave Max a hug he just left before seeing Perez despite Perez getting a podium for the team so it's so clear that Perez is a second driver but it's nice that he's finally doing his bit people um, could finally shut up saying that they should have kept Albon, they should have kept Gasly I mean there's arguments for that but Perez is doing a great job and I don't think he needs to be replaced. I think signing him on for next year, if he can keep up his form that he's showing now, anyway, not the form where he was really struggling, but the showing the form now, then he has to he he could do some really good things for um the Red Bull next year. Um, do you think that um Perez should have stayed or should have signed a new contract to 2022, or do you think they should have gone a different way? I'll let Kian have this one since he's a more of a Red Bull fan. Um, I wouldn't really say Red Bull fan, just, but you know, whatever. Um, I think with I mean with Checo, he's um, he's a good driver to have, and I mean, and at a place like Red Bull, I mean, you're not there's not really many op- op- opportunities for him to be consistently up there and fighting for race wins. You know, like he did in Baku. You know, he was there ready to take up the the lead when you know Hamilton messed up. So you know. I think it's good for him. I mean, sure, I mean, second driver might not be what he wants, especially coming from so many years at Racing Point and Force India as their primary driver and the one that brought them all the money in. Um, but it would be good for him. And I, mean, I think if they can get, they get him for another season, then it will also help rep the team, especially going to the new regs as well. Mm. Yeah, Robert, what do you think? Perez is, is a really good driver. Um he is one of the best on, on this current Formula One grid. But for Red Bull, he is, you know, he's always going to be the second driver as long as Verstappen is in that team. Um, and you can see just how big of a difference there is between Perez and Verstappen, even in, in terms of raw pace and, you know, driving skill. Perez finished, what, like 30, 40 seconds behind Hamilton in the race? On, on a similar strategy. So, you know, he's never going to be the, the, the main driver at Red Bull before Verstappen leaves. But he is he's suited for that team at the moment. Mm, yeah, and hopefully he can carry it on um, into next season doing some, some bits for Red Bull. And I'm just happy that he's still in the sport after his future was so uncertain coming to the end of his contract at racing point. It was uh, umming and ahhing about where they stay, but I'm, I'm glad Christian Horner gave him the call. And to be honest, I think that it's a decision that has benefited Red Bull as he's definitely been more consistent than Gasly and Albon, uh, the two priors of the seat. Let's move on to the battle between McLaren and Ferrari. This is hotting up as Ferrari are gaining points on McLaren for the last few weeks now, and it's a it's a very it's a very interesting one. Norris um, today, uh, yesterday, sorry, finishing eighth 
um, getting um, four points for the team and Ricardo getting fifth. However, uh, Ferrari still got a, a four-point advantage um, with Leclerc coming fourth and Sainz in seventh. So how do you weigh up the battle between these two teams over the weekends? Who do you think uh, shone and who do you think may be disappointed? I don't think any of them disappointed this weekend. Uh, on track, we had some really great battles, especially you know in the first lap with um, Lando just joining into that battle between was it Sainz and Ricardo? Yeah, that was that was really really nice. Um, I, I think they all, all four of the drivers had really good races. Leclerc at some point was was gaining on on Perez, trying to to fight for that, you know last spot on the podium obviously didn't, didn't work out but really good racing from all of them and so close in the championship it, it's the gap between uh, McLaren and Ferrari what is it like 3.5 points at the moment mm, something like that yeah very very close um, and we still have some races to go I, w- I genuinely was not expecting at you know to have su- such an intense battle for the, the third spot in the constructors this season but it just goes to show how how good uh, the 2021 season actually is. We don't just have you know a great battle for for first place. We also have these teams, you know, McLaren and Ferrari, coming back into the sport after having a few dodgy seasons. Um, Ferrari, especially last year, were basically nowhere, and now just it's just entertaining. I, I love it. Mm, yeah, Kim, what do you think about this battle between the two teams? Touching on what, what Robert said, you know, obviously with Ferrari being so shit, so you know, mediocre last season, you know, it's it's nice to see them back because I think you know without them, McLaren would have just been strolling along, however they wanted the third place. Because I mean, there's not exactly anyone near them, is there? Right. Yeah. Also, with like, yeah, yeah, same with the performances. You can't really fault them. You know, they were in, you know, the the midfield area. They were below most of the rebels and and Miss Merck, so they were exactly where you expect them to be. I mean, maybe someone like Lando won't be so happy with his performance. You know, losing out to Bottas and then not actually fighting so much with, especially science like Ricardo was. Mm, yeah, but you know. It was a good, good weekend for both of them, and you know, I think it's going to go right down to the wire for third. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It will go down to the wire, but let let's let's ask the big question: Who's going to come out on top? Do you think McLaren will finish high in the constructors, or do you think it will be Ferrari and the Tifosi? Oof. Yeah, big question. Uh, the main thing we need to think about is we're going to have two brand new tracks this season mm. so there's no way to know which team is going to end up on top in these two races apart from that we have mexico which is a really good track for ferrari um and then abu dhabi might favor mclaren in some points it i really don't know i'm i'm tempted to say ferrari Ooh. yeah but i think my heart wants to say mclaren so i'm just going to go for mclaren Kim, what do you think? I think I'd have to go Ferrari, if I'm honest. I mean, they've got Leclerc and Science, who are both putting in very similar performances every week. 
So I think, you know, that's going to take them over the line compared to, I mean, Ricardo, who, I mean, he's 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 had a resurgence. He's doing a lot better since he won in Monza. But, I mean, at the same time, Lando seems to sort of been taking on the sort of inconsistencies or like lower positions that Daniel was getting. So I think with the you know, with the two consistent performances of the Ferraris, they're going to just they're going to edge it out a bit. Mm, yeah, very very interesting. I think Carlos Sainz needs a lot of praise this year because when he came into the car, I didn't think that the McLaren would be competing. I thought they'd be much higher up than Ferrari, just because I thought the Ferrari would do well, but I didn't think they'd be competing with McLaren because I thought Leclerc would do well. But I thought that signs would take a little while to adapt. And to be honest, he's been really good all season. I think he's probably one of my contenders for driver of the season this year, just because of how consistent he's been. And the work he's done in that Ferrari has really been superb. So it would definitely be an interesting one that I think will go down to the wire. Let's move on to the lower mid, the midfield battle now. Um, Alpha Tauri, Aston Martin and Alpine. We had a combined three points um, between the six drivers this week with only two of the drivers scoring points, that being Yuki Tsunoda for Alpha Tauri getting ninth and Vettel getting 10th in the Aston Martin. I, I'm not really sure what to what to say about these teams because there's been a lot of DNFs, but... Um, how how do you how would you compare the the results between the three teams? I mean, just really unlucky from Alpine, isn't it? Yeah, I'm unlucky both for Alpine and for Gasly. Um, I think all of their issues came from you know just how many bumps are in the in the track in Texas. Uh, in terms of uh, like championship position, Alpine are still in front, um, and um, probably going to end up finishing in front um, since they, they tend to get the, the best results, even though Aston Martin is kind of getting back into the, the points. I don't know what happened to Stroll, to be honest. The, his, he didn't really have the, the, his best no, race. Well in America, America. Mm, yeah, no, he, he, Q1 there, so. yeah he, he does struggle in America. Yeah, yeah. Fettel, however, had a really good race. Mm. You know, starting from the back, getting that one point solid race from him. Um, and then we have the Alpha Tauris, who I would say should have been the, the favorites to, to finish, you know, in, in fifth place or fourth place, actually, in the championship because they, they've got Gasly, who's one of the best drivers on the grid. Um, they got Sonoda, who, even though he's a rookie, he, he had some solid performances at the, the start of the season. and now getting closer to the end uh, but yeah it's an it's an interesting battle uh in in the mid table and i've got i really don't know what's going to happen to be honest mm, yeah akim what do you think about this battle um well, i mean certainly between alpi and alpha tower yeah it's gonna it's gonna be quite an interesting one because they're both quite close you know I think you know they've both got quite galvanising figures in Alonso and Gasly. You know they they can both perform performances when when they need to. Um, I, I mean as for as to Martin, I mean what's happened? They're just they're still so far off. I mean it, they probably need like a miracle at this point to probably to overhaul. Probably, I don't, I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure what to, I'm not sure what to think of them, to be honest. They're just a bit... Mm, yeah, it is. It has been a, it's been an interesting season for Aston Martin because I thought they'd be doing a lot better than they are. They've got a Mercedes-powered car. They came off a really good season last year, and they did have a a spell in the middle of the season, starting at Monaco, where their strategy was superb, and ever since then the strategy has kind of been thrown out the window. In Turkey, you have Vettel going out on on slicks in the wet, which was this, a stupid idea. Today, getting a point was probably the best result for them. Stroll, as you say, Keen always struggles in the United States. And it was really weird with Stroll because I forgot he was racing. They never panned the camera to him. They never gave him any airtime. He just had a really non-existent race going from 13th to 12th. I mean, gaining a place, but not not very interesting one and should have potentially pushed more for a point getting beaten by both or, or one of the um, Alpha, Alpha Romeos, which is, to be honest, um, a bit embarrassing. But... Yeah, it's a, they've had a weird season, and I I agree with you, Robert, that I thought that Alpha Tauri would be doing. I thought they would be the team to beat in this battle, but um, Alpine, to be fair to them, Alonso's been superb, uh, really unlucky today with the DNF, and then Ocon getting a race win uh, really did help them, but DNFing today, which is which is such a shame because Alpine were, were doing not too badly. But let's move on to Alpha Romeo and Williams, it's a bit of a thing where Williams had a re- some really good race results, so I think two races this year, and it's just pushed them away from Alfa Romeo now because the Alfa Romeo car is good enough for one, maybe pushing two points, but if it's not going to get other than that, then they're, they're not going to really be in contention for, let's say, a seven or a sixth or something like that. Um, but yeah, how would you describe the battle this weekend? Because Raikkonen bottled points. <laughs> I think Kimi doesn't want to be in Formula One anymore. He's just starting to show it. Um, I, I thought the Alphas were were really good um, for for us, you know, for for the fans watching, because you, you had uh, Kimi and Giovinazzi fighting with Alonso for a good part of the race and it was really fun to watch and uh, to actually listen to you know the conversations uh, between the Alpine um, boss and Michael Massey mm. complaining about Giovinazzi's overtake that was that was brilliant mm. uh, I, I really don't know what Kimi did it, it just happened and then no, no one really said anything about it, it and then Giovinazzi, I still think Giovinazzi is one of the most underrated drivers on the grid. I really, really like him. He, he constantly just destroys Kimi uh, in quality, mostly. And, and no one talks about Giovinazzi. I don't know why. But yeah, in terms of the, the battle between Alfa Romeo and Williams, it, it's over. Um, Williams were incredibly lucky this season. And just you know, thinking back to Spa, like how, how do you get so many points as, as Williams? You know, yeah. you, you need some luck in, in Formula One. 
So there's no chance for Alfa Romeo to come back. As you said, they might get one or two points here and there, but not not nearly enough to, to place them on top of Williams. Mm. So, yeah. In terms of Williams's race, I didn't really see much of him. Yeah. I guess we, we saw Latifi at the start, you know, sharing a kiss with Stroll. And then that was basically it. Yeah, pretty pretty bad race for Williams, which is a good thing. You know, it means that they really had a good season since this was one of their worst performances. Mm, yeah, it does show improvement. Kim, what do you think about the battle between Alfred and Williams? Uh, a lot of what you're the same as what Robert said. You know, I mean, obviously with the Williams, you know, you hear win, oh, there's going to be win, and you go right, okay, so the Williams is not going to be good this weekend then. Because you could blow, someone could be stood at the side of the track and blowing on the car and it wouldn't do well. It's that susceptible to the wind. But, you know, certainly they did get very lucky, you know. But that's not through... I mean, only some of that's through luck. I mean, George getting P2, no one ever managed that. Imagine Belgium to end up being like that. But, I mean, with, with Hungary, a lot of that was showing their hard work and how much progress they've made. Because especially considering last season, they were... They were finishing behind a Haas, like, and look at look at Haas now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we we'll go on to talk about Haas in a moment, but well, I, I the two people that normally do this podcast, especially Joe, are uh, they are not the biggest fans of Joe Venazzi. and you you have come out and said he is the most underrated driver in the grid. I like him, and I think he should stay in Formula One. However, I, I I wanted to get a bit more uh, from you about Giovinazzi and and why you think that I'm, I'm guessing you think he should keep his seat and uh, yeah tell me a bit more why you think he's so underrated because the two people that normally at this podcast definitely disagree. Well, he he's been in Formula One for a few years and I've I've never heard anyone talk about Giovinazzi in, in a in a good way. Uh, people just tend to notice his mistakes. He, he had some mistakes this season as well, you know, and in, in the past, he's had some crashes and stuff like that. But no one, no one looks at his results and how consistent he is. He, he's consistently, you know, beating Kimi Raikkonen, um, former Formula One world champion. That just, that, that means something in, in this sport. Um, and even even for this race, he got two points. You know, mm. that's something. I think that's that's really good for Giovinazzi. And yeah, what else can I say? I just I genuinely believe he's a really good driver. Yeah, I I, I like the passion you're showing, but yeah, getting it, yeah points is is very is is a decent result for Alfa Romeo. Final, final thing on him: Do you think he should keep his seat for next year? Well, it's not it's not for me to decide, but yes, I would like to see him in in that seat next season as well. Yeah, Kian, do you say you agree? Um, yeah, I mean, I I certainly agree. He's done enough to stay in the seat, but I mean, will he? Most, I mean, he's probably definitely not going to be because you know, Alfa Romeo is going to see all the money from Guan Yu Zhou and go, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, like. It's the same what Robert said. I mean, he's been very good. I mean, sure, Kimi Raikkonen isn't who he used to be, but he's still a good driver. And to be beaten in that consistently, I mean, that only go that only really gets noticed in a lower level team if your name is George Russell. So, 
it, it's yeah. nice to see him get some recognition for sure. Yeah. No, no, completely. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Alfa Romeo with them looking to be bought by, I think it's Maserati, I think, they're looking at by them. Or oh, it's, it's Andretti. Andretti, yeah, which sounds like Maserati. I mean, it doesn't sound like Maserati, <laughs> but <laughs> let's just pretend that it sounds like Maserati. Yeah, Andretti buying them, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, let's move on to the final team. It's everyone's favourite, Haas. What a, what a team. What even is there to say? Schumacher 16th to 16th and Mazepin 17th to 17th, which is last because there are three DNFs. Anything to say on Haas this weekend or just as a team? We normally just slate them at this point. <laughs> well, there's not much to say about Haas. They, they gave up before the season even started. It didn't do anything for this, uh, for this season. The, the car is the same as last year. So obviously they're going to they're gonna be at the bottom. You've got Schumacher, who I think is, he he made his debut in Formula One a bit too early. I would say I, I think he should have just waited for a couple more years to get into an actual team uh, and then prove his worth. And then you have Nikita Mazepin, who is behind three Alfa Romeo drivers in the championship, which is unheard of. So just, it's basically a, a joke of a team. Um yeah, what what else can you say about Haas? There's no good thing about to say about Haas because they haven't done anything. Mm. Yeah, I, I I think that's fair. Kim, what do you think about them? It's really the tale of two fates at Haas, isn't it? I mean, like you've got Schumacher, who I think I think I disagree with Rob. I think he's probably in F1 at the right time, but he's just been dealt the very unfortunate cut hand of being in the uh, abominable Haas and then I mean obviously there's Mazepin who you know very fun game to play is how far can Mazepin be behind Schumacher and I mean obviously I mean there was reports that he I think he did have a third pit stop but still even then with the pit stop it was like a minute and a half down on Schumacher and at that point you're going to be going what is he doing mm-hmm. do you just yeah. be that slow or is Schumacher just that good yeah well, no. one thing I have to say about the Haas their cars don't don't really break down. They just I don't remember them DNFing this season. I think it's always just been finishing last. And yeah, mm. the car is great, lovely car. Yeah, no, it, it is a it's a it's a really sensational competitive car. That reliable car. Very very power unit. It's not so bad. Exactly. It's it's reliable. That's a, it's like the reliant Robin. It's like. They're all in sports cards and the Haas are just going around with their little reliant Robin, having a having a nice time, you know, having a look around, look at all the sights, you know, having a have a having a lovely drive, stopping at pick for picnics sometimes, just just kind of vibing. But um <laughs> that's enough about Haas. Let's talk about um our driver of the days. Um Robert, do you wanna do you wanna kick us off? I guess I can do that. Um my pick for the driver of the day is Daniel Ricardo. And I think he, I think he got used to the car finally in, you know, in the second half of the season. He had a really good race. He finally beat Norris again. Uh, just consistent race. No major issues, no mistakes made on track. It was just very, very good for him. Mm. Kian, who's your driver of the day? 
before we started, I was a bit undecided about who to pick, but you know, it just shows how much he, how much he went under the radar today. Until Robert meant, I think it was Robert that mentioned him, but um, I probably have to go Sebastian Vettel. You know, especially from starting with the back of the grid. I mean, sure, they say with the independents that your car's going to be a lot better, but still, to come from the back and get points is quite a, a commendable achievement from him. Mm. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely a good drive from Seb and Danny. I've gone for my boy, the guy I'm repping today, the the man who will be driving around his home Grand Prix in two weeks' time. It's Mr. Sergio Perez. I often get criticised by Josh and Joe for going for Perez a bit too often, but I think he deserves a mention for driver of the day today. He, he did have a great race. He got that final spot on the podium. Admittedly, he didn't really have much competition, but if you combine that with, if you look at all the interviews after the race, he had no drink. He rocked up to the race feeling ill before it even started. And in his interview, he was said he said the race was just about surviving. It shows you really how bad the conditions are. I mean, imagine getting in your Formula One car, feeling ill already, and then halfway through the race to not have a drink. That is horrible in the American heat with the humidity. That It must have been horrible. And to still get a podium after that, I think that's more than commendable. I think that was a sensational drive from Checo. Uh, but yeah, that is my drive of the day. And that wraps up um, our review of the American Grand Prix. The next race is in Mexico in two weeks' time, where we'll have a preview and a review for um, with probably with Josh and Joe back, but we'll see. But yeah, thank you guys for stepping in. It's really great for you to give give some great insight. And it's, uh, it's yeah, it's been a pleasure having you. So thank you for that. Thank you for inviting us. No, no worries. It's, it's been great. It's been great to have your insight. But yeah, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, download all the good stuff. And we'll see you in a few weeks time. Thank you.